Holy moly. Hacking. Huge hack. Big hack. Uh, you were you hit me up on Slack last night, or we were chatting in there. Everything was happening. It was all unfolding on Twitter. All the biggest accounts, or a number of huge accounts, a bunch of billionaires. I mean, it's hard to get a bunch of billionaires together in some sort for of any reason. Little party. <laughs> this was a Bitcoin scam party, but you had uh, Elon Musk. His account was hacked. You had Bill Gates, his account was hacked. You had Jeff Bezos, his account was hacked. Mm -hmm. And then uh, politicians, Barack Obama. You had the uh, current candidate, Joe Biden, was hacked. Uh, I, I believe Kanye West was hacked. It, it's, it was, is this the whole list? Yeah, I think so. Okay, you got a list for so. me here. Uh, Uber, Cash App, Ripple... A lot of crypto companies, Bitcoin, Coinbase, Gemini, Coindesk, crypto focus on this hack, obviously. New York Stock Exchange, Bill Gates, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, Kanye West, Obama, Biden, Mr. Beast, shout out YouTuber, Floyd Mayweather, uh, XXX Tentacion? Tentacion? Why him? I thought he was dead. Well, his Twitter account. Is Someone still manages alive. it and posts on there? I think so. Oh, interesting. Okay. Wiz Khalifa, Warren Buffett. And also there's a link to the Bitcoin wallet, which I believe last I checked, it had accumulated around 100,000 USD equivalent. I don't know. Can you track? Can you Someone see that there? To convert it. Total received uh, just under 13 Bitcoin. So, yeah. not. I mean, somewhere around 100 and... What is that, like 120 grand? I guess it depends on the price of Bitcoin right now. But you can do a quick a quick uh, conversion, I suppose. So, so $9,000 per Bitcoin. You got to do 12 times 9. 110,000 Bitcoin in USD was uh, accumulated at that wallet address as a consequence of this hack. At least that's what's in the, in the pub public sphere at the moment. Man, I went deep last night. I told you, I said, look, I'm just going to read for a bit. I just really, I'm, I'm super curious because this kind of a hack is unprecedented. That list of people all at once. Of course, my head, I said, this got to be some kind of admin thing. Uh, this got to be, or inside, it's got to be an inside situation to yeah. get that level of hack. I saw people posting. I saw one of the Winklevoss brothers who they were early Bitcoin guys and they're behind the Gemini Bitcoin account or Twitter account, Bitcoin company. And they were saying, look, we had two-stage authentication. We had a very difficult password, as you probably would if you're one of these Bitcoin mm -hmm. companies. And so when I started to see that, I realized, okay, this is deeper. It's somewhere, like I said, either inside or via some other type of exploit, which is get, allowing people into some kind of admin panel inside of Twitter. Mm -hmm. And so sure enough, you follow the thing along a little bit more, and Twitter says they're investigating the whole process. All verified accounts were shut down, couldn't tweet. So that means on my Unbox Therapy account, which does have a check mark, no tweeting allowed. Uh, you couldn't send tweets. So they just had no idea what had hit them. Mm. It was all panic. A lot of people saying, hey, Twitter should have just pulled the cord. People were saying as this money was flowing out, they should have just pulled the power cord. But it's hard to do. You don't know. You're, you're trying to investigate. Right. So I just want to show off the tweet 
Oh, I mean, I'm going down. Yeah, I'm like, I'm you, assuming everybody knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, you you went off. So everyone got it. They, they all had a tweet, which was basically a, a typical Bitcoin scam type tweet. These have normally been, and for a long time, since I believe 2018, the type of tweets that would show up under the tweet of a prominent person. Elon has been targeted crazy with this stuff. Mm -hmm. And it would be an impersonator without the check mark who would then post this as a reply, almost an identical tweet to this one. Everyone is asking me to give back, and now is the time. I'm doubling all payments sent to my BTC address for the next 30 minutes. You send 1,000, I send you back 2,000, only going on for 30 minutes. Enjoy. Now, normally, in a reply without a check mark, this isn't going to get as much attention. However, Will, if there's something I learn about scams online, because we get scammed all the time as well, mm -hmm. if something is working for somebody, they're going to keep doing it. Yep. Even if it's working at a small level, for whatever the energy involved in in uh, in creating the scam and if something is not working people aren't going to keep doing it mm -hmm. so the fact that they've been so persistent on elon musk's account with similar style of hacks should be an indication that these things actually work a little bit mm -hmm. and so when when this person got this much bigger exploit this particular hacker they essentially used a, some sort of a tried and true method to accumulate some bitcoin however the story that emerged, some of the reading I did, a lot of people felt like with this level of access, they could have they could have done a lot more damage. Well, mm. when you talk about world leaders, you're talking about politicians and candidates, you're talking mm. about billionaires, you're talking about the stock market. A lot of people were saying you could get in there and have Elon tweet some crazy stuff about Tesla stock yeah. or plans with Tesla the company, and you could have already have some kind of short position set up in advance of that tweet you're about to put out. Yeah. Now, granted, if you're going to do something like that, you'd have to have the capital in the first place to make it worthwhile. Mm -hmm. Maybe if you're just having some fun, playing around, just, uh, you know, chilling on a, what was last night? A Wednesday night. And you're like, hey, this is, this is fun. Then maybe you don't have the capital. Maybe you don't, you're not looking at it with that much vision. But of course, when you see something like this take place, you can't help. As a man like yourself with an imagination, you can't help but consider and imagine the implication. The potential. It's massive. Yeah. We have so much trust and, and, and faith in these systems, and we look at these profiles and we assume what we're seeing is real. Mm -hmm. And it's much like the story I covered the other day, the deep fake thing with the fake personality. If you, if somebody can get access unknowingly to these prominent individuals, they can shift and move and make big plays. And especially if they can maintain that control for a period of time. Mm -hmm. See, one of the keys with this exploit, the email addresses were all changed on all of these accounts in advance of the tweets going out. So this admin dashboard allowed this individual to change the default email addresses for each of these prominent people. So when they go to reset the password, no luck because the password reset email goes to the new person's email. Now you've just extended the amount of time that you're in control and you can keep that tweet up. And that explains as well how some tweets were being deleted and then they came back. Mm -hmm. Twitter take it down. Who's got control? What's going on here? Yeah. Not to mention they bypassed two-factor authentication, which they didn't have most to. likely all these people had. Yeah, they didn't have to. They didn't have to look at two-factor because they were in the admin panel. Now, that brings up the other questions about how much 
within this admin panel, which, but by the way, there's screenshots. If you head over to the, actually TechCrunch, the TechCrunch write-up is pretty cool because it goes a little bit more in-depth. And if you scroll down a little bit, you can actually see some screenshots, which Twitter was actively deleting quickly off mm. the platform because, of course, they don't want that stuff out there with their internal, uh, what their internal dashboard looks like. Mm. But once you're in there, forget about two-factor. You can just one-touch change an email address. Yeah, You got tons of power and control. And so then that comes to the next part. How does a person get to this level? How does a person get into that panel? And this is where Twitter eventually updated their Twitter support feed and gave a little bit more insight into how that might be possible, suggesting that some social engineering was at play, which to me implies that somebody high up had their, or somebody with at least this level of authority had their account compromised mm. by maybe trusting somebody or or uh, providing some information to an impersonator over email or maybe just having their account hacked, right. which was enough to let this person there. Mm -hmm. And you start to say, man, we need to have some pretty serious security measures in place. And you and I were talking before we started rolling where maybe anyone with anything with this amount of access requires multiple logins from admin figures to make any of these changes, like multiple approvals or something. Yeah. That any one user account can't have that level of power. And Will, I don't want to go down a completely dark path here, but I'm just saying, man, we you can you could incite some pretty unbelievable behavior and potential outcomes with a simple tweet, my friend, from the right account. Yes. All at the same time, influential figures. My head was spinning when yeah. I saw that. I just couldn't help but envision the potential and the futuristic warfare that can take place on our information in our information spaces. Yeah. So, anyways, I highly recommend you go and check out this particular write-up because it goes in depth about a particular user, a hacker, who they believe could be the individual responsible. Believe it or not, this uh, the handle of this individual, Kirk. So he might be sitting right over there. You hear that, Kirk? That's the guy. The rumor is right that there. the that the guy responsible for this big Twitter hack was went by the name Kirk. But that's likely not not their real name. Generated over one hundred thousand in the matter of in a matter of hours by gaining access to an internal Twitter tool, which they use to take control of popular Twitter accounts. The hacker used the tool to reset the associated email addresses of affected accounts to make it more difficult for the owner to regain control. The hacker then pushed a cryptocurrency scam. Uh the person told TechCrunch, the person being the insider who claimed to have seen or has reason to believe this Kirk figure is responsible, uh, told TechCrunch that Kirk has started out by selling access to vanity Twitter accounts, such as usernames that are short, simple, and, and recognizable. So initially, through this access, apparently this user was, their, their uh, get-rich-quick scheme was to acquire these sort of unused or underutilized handles. Actually, you wanted one of those handles, didn't you? What? You wanted Will An Do. An unused one? Yeah. Yeah. You, you still do want Will Do. Anyway, I'm saying even shorter than that, like two characters or three mm -hmm. characters, something like this, and was trying to sell those to users. It wasn't going so well money-wise. So then they decided to extend the exploit and go this route instead to get that 100 Gs. Hmm. Although people are saying, hey, man, you play this different. People, people saw a couple more zeros if it was played different or 
if the individual just wanted chaos in general. Right. Like the Joker. In terms of damage, potential damage that could be caused, maybe you can add even more zeros to that, quite possibly. Kirk is said to have contacted a trusted member of OG Users, a forum popular with traders of hacked social media handles. Kirk needed the trusted member to help sell stolen vanity usernames. In several screenshots of a Discord chat shared with TechCrunch, Kirk said, send me at and BTC, referring to a Twitter username and, crypto and cryptocurrency, and I'll get your expletive done. But then later in the day, Kirk started hacking everything, the person told TechCrunch. So got carried away with this new access and decided to take it to another level. As, uh, as we're well aware, the rest is uh, basically history at this point. But as I mentioned, implications are huge here. The BTC part of it, small time stuff it's really not the interesting part of it obviously everybody wants money and if a person sees an opportunity to gather a few bucks easily so be it the real crazy part of the story is the trust that we put into these platforms mm -hmm. and the way that we read the various identities of these people like the way that we read the authenticness of the characters that are being spit out on those profiles. I mean, even you could do a far more covert version of this and just target one particular political individual and you could be softer with it, more sophisticated and just massage the thing. Don't say something super crazy, but start to get an indication going. Mm -hmm. You could have all the biggest, you could get all the biggest stock traders and say, dump this stock right now. Mm -hmm. It's about to be a dumpster fire. Mm -hmm. You see, so like, and, and the world where we haven't really, the things have not become sophisticated enough where the, a general user can tell the difference. Mm -hmm. And this is an example of that. Even though I'm not prepared to send Bitcoin to a stranger, I don't think you are either. Some people did. Yeah. Some people believed it. And certainly if this was slightly more shrouded and had a different agenda, it would be hard to separate the real from the fake. And that's the future, man. Hmm. That's 2020 and beyond. It's going to be uh, read twice. Read twice, cut once. Yeah. Instead yeah. of read once, cut twice. You see what I'm saying here? Yeah. You're going to have to read that thing over and over again and say, hey, there's a, there's a chance that this, isn't, this ain't it. But now Twitter's in trouble, of course. How do they explain this thing? How do they get people to trust it again? How do they deal with the government investigation, FBI's on it? Hmm. It's not a good look. And then the question as well about Bitcoin, because without Bitcoin, this scam can't work. Yeah. So people are looking into Bitcoin as well. I saw some celebrating that Bitcoin was trending because of this. Mm -hmm. However, you can't help but recognize that the anonymity component of Bitcoin is what enables the thing in the first place. Oh, man, what a hack. That's it got me fired up. I'm telling you. Yeah. Facebook is readying its global launch of its TikTok competitor. Now, this is a bit deceiving because it's it's the product that's on Instagram, yes. Reels. Facebook owns Instagram, as we mentioned previously. Facebook had a separate app that it was attempting to roll out, which it then shuttered, which was supposed to be the TikTok for Facebook. Mm. Instead, they said, oh, yeah, I forgot. Young people don't even use Facebook. Mm. Mark was like, I forgot. Check the demographics. Right, no, they're not even here, the, the people who will use TikTok. Yeah. We should put that on Instagram. So now you have Instagram Reels, and we talked about it, how it rolled out in India when it did, meeting the the demand that was created by the absence of TikTok once it got banned, and they rushed to get it 
into India. They had been testing it in Brazil prior to that with plans to potentially roll it out elsewhere, depending on performance. Well, now they're saying, oh, it's time. They've been following the news like we have. Well, mm. all this uh, insecurity and skepticism around TikTok, they're saying now's the moment. We got to roll this baby. We got to get this baby moving. So Zuckerberg made a few phone calls, hired a few extra people. He Internally, he moved a few people around. He took a couple of guys from Oculus. He brought them in. He said, let's get the reels going. Mm. They said, what do you want to do? You want to launch in the U.S.? He said, yeah, let's do it. Mm. And they said, all right, fine. Hear about the, twi the Twitter hack? Sucks for them. <laughs> and then they had a laugh, you see? Because yeah. they're competitive like that. High-fiving each other. Of course, I'm speculating on the majority of what I just stated. However, I am not speculating on the launch of Instagram Reels. It is coming to 50 other countries. 50 more countries, including the United States. This is wild. Listen to this, Well, Like TikTok, Instagram Reels lets users make and share 15-second video clips set to a vast catalog of music. Like TikTok, users can also borrow and remix audio from other people's videos. And like TikTok, users can see their clips go viral in a featured Reels section of the most popular videos. Mm. That sounds like some gamification right there. Mm. Users can see their clips go viral in featured Reels. So it started in Brazil, then it went to France and Germany, then they rushed to get it out in India to meet that new demand. Uh, next up, 50 more countries, including the United States, United Kingdom, Japan, Mexico, big markets. Well, mm -hmm. and this is going to be the next big thing, right? Um, maybe. I think uh, there's competition there. I think you're right, and I think it's going to be more difficult than they think it is. Granted, they did all right with the stories thing when they went and wiped a little bit of that off of uh, old Snapchat there. Yep. Yep. So they did that, but man, it's starting to get Instagram as an app. It's, it's so comprehensive. It gets a bit confusing at a point. Not confusing in a sense you can't understand what they're doing, but you pop open the app. Where do I go? What am I? Yeah. And stories, posts, videos, discover, reels, IGTV. Whoa. It's all packed in there. And and on the discover page, you click on a video and it's like, continue watching on IG. And it's just. Yeah. It's a bit scattered. It's sort of becoming Facebooky at this point. You wonder if it shouldn't have been a designated app, and then they could remove themselves from the Facebook connection. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just talking. Well, it's starting to become an ecosystem now. It's an yeah. app within an app kind of thing. But you would think that if they learn anything from Facebook, which, by the way, here I am talking about Facebook. I mean, Facebook still has a boatload of users. But Facebook, at least for me, when it tried to become everything, like an OS, it's just like, whoa. Yes. Sheesh. Very overwhelming. It's just too many. I, I'm messaging. It's the news. It's the friends. It's marketplace. It's the games. That are, it's <sighs> the marketplace. It's the um, the feed. And then the. it's just, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people felt at a certain point that it was trying to do too much, uh, like an OS would. Anyway, we'll see what happens with Reels, but it is coming. Whether you like it or not, maybe Will's going to give it a shot. Well, he, he, he's been... Uh, uh, really looking forward to remixing some music and dancing on camera. Right on. <laughs> I'm talking about you, Will. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm ready for it. This is coming from Yahoo Finance. Tesla share price is a beast that cannot be stopped. Holy. How about that for a headline, Will? I know you like a headline like that. He starts by saying, with all due respect to the new Ford Bronco. So he take a shot at the taking a shot at the new Ford Bronco. Yeah. Which you're a fan of, so you may uh, take yeah. that personally. I don't know. 
But he's kind of right about this Tesla stock thing. Oh, God. I've been keeping an eye on it, and it did dip down a little bit, but it is. It's still flying, man. It's still, it's staying up. It's not a huge, it didn't, it didn't drop down. I mean, you could do the five-day there. You see it came down a little bit from the high. Oh, it kind of flatlined a bit. It came down a little bit, but still, it's hanging in there. And if you, if you just crack a one-year on that chart, Will, just crack a one-year, and you can see what I'm talking about here. That's a hefty... Yeah. That's a hefty uh, mountain we're climbing there. Uh, anyway, so obviously, anytime that this happens, there's going to be analysis, and people are going to be on both sides of the analysis. It's how this thing works. We're human beings. We see different things. We see it a different way. Some people are still upset, saying, "This is ridiculous. This isn't. This isn't in relationship to profits or shipments. This is all hype." You have that sentiment out there, but then you have people like Brian Sozi who says. He's an editor at large, by the way, Yahoo Finance. He says, nah, 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 nah. It's a beast that cannot be stopped. And he says they're so far ahead in technology and the marketplace is going to move rapidly into the electric vehicles that, that they're here to stay. We got 10 years of this. They got nowhere to go but up. Hmm. He's saying, this thing's going to go to 2,000 bucks. Hmm. So for everybody on the other side saying it's a bubble and it's about to blow, you have guys like him that say it ain't even there yet. He says, this is the quote, Tesla's miles ahead of competitors. It's going to dominate 80 to 90% of the EV market share going forward and have what I believe could be 1 million delivery, deliveries by 2022. So he's saying, he's saying 2022 million deliveries. He's saying they're going to figure out the supply chain stuff, the assembly stuff. He's saying they're going to figure it out. They got enough money, enough security. They're motivated. They got a CEO named Elon Musk. He says it's nowhere but up, at least to 2,000. Mm -hmm. Plus, as we mentioned previously, they're likely about to enter the S&P 500, which could, also, which could have an impact on that stock price as well and keep pushing it up. So there's uh, people on both sides. Where, where do you land, Will? You, you, think, uh, you think Brian is right here, or is this a bubble that's about to explode? I'm optimistic about Tesla. Mm. I think uh, they have a lot of years. I think a lot. I think there are people who are in it to win it. It's almost kind of got an Apple vibe to it, where people are just taking their savings and they're saying, "Nah, it's a long bet." Yeah. Don't worry about these charts. Yeah. They're saying, "I want to remember. I want to talk in ten years. I got into Tesla at this price." Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's I, I'm feeling that sentiment as well. Yeah. And if that's the sentiment. And these people are buyers and not sellers because they intend to hold. Then uh, you're right. Brian could be right himself. Mm -hmm. It's possible. Five nanometer Apple A14 in the iPhone 12 5G will be the fastest and most frugal chipset. Now, you do recall, Will, that we were speaking recently about the potential shrinkage of the battery inside the next flagship iPhone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a few people who were upset about it. They said, what are we doing here? We just had the great bat battery. It was one of the best features. 11 Pro Max, specifically, we're crushing on the battery life. I'm never charging the thing, living my life. And you see the number go down. You say, oh, they're doing the same thing again. They're just going to try to make it as thin as possible, and uh, my battery life's going to suffer. Well, apparently, this new chip is capable of getting faster, Will, but also more efficient, which may help in the battery life department. The company TSMC, they make the Apple A-series chips as well as Qualcomm Snapdragon stuff. They had a big uh, a big call take place. They were talking about their potential for six continued success and profits and the stuff they're working on. 
and particularly this uh, this upcoming Apple A-series chip. And he said this uh, 5 nanometer will already be contributing to its revenue in the fall. The bulk of these chips will go to Apple as the next A14 chipset. It will be the first with the 5 nanometer node. They are, of course, currently chasing what we just heard about from Snapdragon with the 865 Plus, which was the first mobile chip to go above 3 gigahertz. So they're going to they're gonna want to put up some numbers themselves. The claim here is that the 5 nanometer tech is 15% faster, but uses a full 30% lower power than the current stuff that is in the Snapdragon 865 or Apple A13. So that's good news. More power, or more power, less power. Yes. More horsepower, less battery power. <laughs> Who doesn't want that? Possibly faster charging? Well, you said it, I didn't. Uh, yeah, I'll make that bet. I think it's supposed to be 20 watts is, a, is the current rumor. But it's a smaller battery capacity. Right. Right. I yeah, so we'll, we'll see. It's not going to be on... It's not gonna be on that 125 no, watt level. No, no, no. The iPhone's still gonna take some time it's to charge. Five minutes faster. But uh, yeah, I mean, 20 watt is still uh, an improvement. Yeah. Especially compared to the older iPhones, we saw the initial improvement on the last generation. But it's not gonna be a huge leap. Mm-hmm. It'll likely be in a 20 watt territory. Uh, here's here's a phone that we featured on the most recent Unbox Therapy uh, video. Uh, yeah. This is kind of a weird roundabout thing because i just looked at this phone uh, yesterday was it yesterday or the day before the day before yesterday and i was actually really blown away by it the video went out this morning this is the first phone i've ever looked at i don't know if it's the first phone on planet earth that has a gimbal installed in the camera module a gimbal for those that don't know is an actual mechanical component capable of stabilizing a camera beyond what any kind of digital software-based stabilization is capable of. And you found the perfect section of the video to show. I mean, this thing is bananas and it's all inside of a smartphone. It's really amazing to see it in person, but you can still make it out if you go watch the video for yourself, just how crazy this uh, advancement is. And I think it has major implications for the industry because yeah, for me, I'm seeing it first here in the form of the X50 Pro from Vivo. But presumably other manufacturers are paying attention and could be bringing similar tech or should be thinking about bringing similar tech. Mm-hmm. And this is going to mean some of the most stable footage. It'll be to put this in, it'll be more stable than whatever optical stabilization system you have on your current camera. It is similar to that if you have had an external gimbal, a large size external gimbal, except it's baked into your smartphone. So Anyways, I just wanted to highlight that here for anybody who hasn't seen the video yet. You should definitely go check it out. It's an interesting development, even if you're only interested in the camera tech. You can go take a peek at that. OnePlus Nord online pop-up shop uh, coming as pre-orders sell out. So they've been kind of had a weird strategy trying to launch this uh, Nord product. In the old days, they would have actual physical pop-up stores. The old days, pre-lockdown. Yeah. They'll have actual physical pop-up stores in, in certain major cities. Uh, obviously, they they weren't able to do that with the 8, 8 Pro, and they're not going to be able to do that with the Nord. So they have this other kind of limited rollout in different pieces. You know how this goes, Will. From a marketing perspective, you know how this goes. Mm-hmm. You try to keep the hype train moving. So you say, we'll make a couple hundred available. Whoop, those sold out. Yeah. We'll make 50 more available. Yep, sorry, that's okay. 
the slow trickle. It's uh, it's the drop mindset. Everybody's into the drops these yeah. days. It's the gamification of shopping. You see people on Twitter, I got the sneakers, got them. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, yeah, I mean, you can, I can get sneakers too. But, yeah. but you got to get those sneakers because not everybody can get them. Well. It's a game, you see, and people have fun with it. And hey, who am I to say how you have fun? You have fun how you have fun. Mm-hmm. Whatever you happen to be into, some people need some games right about now. It's kind of depressing out there. So Nord and OnePlus, they're doing the same thing. OnePlus Nord pre-orders have been selling out day by day. Every time they make a few available, they sell it out. For those that have missed out, luckily, you'll be able to get the OnePlus Nord via several online pop-up shops shortly after release. So they're going to do, how is it several? Several online pop-up shops. Continuing the OnePlus pop-up tradition, OnePlus Nord will make available through an online pop-up event shortly after it's revealed in the world's first AR smartphone launch on July 21st. This will give the community a chance to purchase Nord ahead of general sales. Like the OnePlus 8 pop-up, this will be a virtual event, allowing users to experience the excitement of a OnePlus pop-up from the safety of their home. So I don't know what this experience is going to look like exactly, but this is the way they want their uh, biggest enthusiasts to experience and order the new phone. And this is the information we have at the moment, of course. The virtual launches will start on July 21st, and that'll be your first chance uh, I guess it, not including the previous pre-orders that sold out, that will be your first next chance mm-hmm. to get your hands on the on a OnePlus Nord. I guess we don't have a price still, and I think price is going to be the killer aspect here as to uh, just how popular the overall sales figures end up looking, not just pop-up or pre-order numbers. Doctor Disrespect has started. He has started to do in- interviews, and he is possibly moving towards a comeback by the looks of it. I read through this interview here on PC Gamer. It's a bit painful, honestly, to read because it just feels like he can't really talk. There was a couple of moments of, well, my lawyer and, uh, you know, I've been advised to not really go into that because, you know, for legal per And, and anytime you hear that, it's you're not getting the juice you're looking for, you know. But I understand it. I can appreciate it. It is a very bizarre, very bizarre situation. Remains to be bizarre. We talked a couple days ago about how the uh, URL, the link on his Twitter account changed to YouTube, giving up on Twitch completely. In this interview, he doubles down. He says no matter what he does in the future, it will not be on Twitch. He even says he's considering legal action against Twitch. And he goes, he doubled down, he doubles down on saying that he still has no idea or he has no specific, no specifics around why he was banned. Mm. And he and he just stays on that. And anytime the interviewer here, who uh respect to Steven Messner, who he kept trying, man, he kept saying, wait, people are speculating this and that. And of course he wasn't getting anywhere. And that's hard to do as an interview. You keep hammering away at it. But the main takeaway here is that. He wants to come back. I catched a feeling in this interview. He really wants to come back. And he doesn't appear to be interested, based on the responses in this interview, he does not appear to be interested in any kind of exclusive deal with a particular platform. Mm. Sounds like he wants to be a free agent for a bit and just post wherever the opportunity is at that moment. And so that could be YouTube, that could be elsewhere. In fact, he also references the fact that he's really interested in things other than streaming to take the character to other places. You can speculate what that means. I don't know. 
Is that, is that wrestling? Is that uh, movies? Is that media elsewhere? TV, Netflix? I don't really know. Of course, the market uh, for his services in those other areas likely will depend on how severe these uh, the accusations against him are or the whatever ends up coming out in, in relationship to the ban. Mm-hmm. It would be hard to bet big money on him right now without knowing the reason for his ban in the first place. Right. So there's still more questions than answers, but I can tell you, based on my my own personal speculation, having read this and looked at the Twitter account, he's going to come back. He's going to come back sooner than I would have expected. He's a, He wants to be there for the Champions Club and click, click play on the video. So we have a video that just went out about an hour ago on his Twitter account. One minute and eight seconds. This is, of course, after this interview took place. 1.4 million views already. It's very uh, cyberpunk, futuristic. There's uh, There are some lyrics about not knowing what to do, about not knowing where to go, hmm. or how to proceed. It's out of my hand. That's the that's the lyric. It's out of my hand. So, but I'm still in control. Uh, I'm still you, in control. What do you think he's coming back? YouTube gaming, Facebook gaming. If he if it's not going to be about an exclusive, then why not test the waters everywhere? Go run a stream on YouTube, run a stream on Facebook, see what works. I think he'll be on. I think he's going to test out YouTube for sure. Even in the absence of an exclusive deal, the, uh, the the structure is in place. Ninja has proven it as well as other YouTube gamers, people on YouTube gaming. I think we're going to see him there sooner than later. That video would, would indicate. But he sounds really excited in this interview, even though he's not willing to talk about what happened. I should say, by the way, that famous streaming reporter, reporter that talks about game streaming news... Mm continues continues to uh, indicate or insinuate that something severely bad took place here. Even with all this comeback tour stuff going on, he continues to suggest that the whole thing is dark and grim. So I'm just going to leave that there. I'm just going to put that there. It's still a lot of unknown. You know what a company, Chrysler, I feel like we were talking about them recently. Can't remember. I mean, we covered the automotive stuff. Chrysler had a while ago, well, they've attempted to merge with a variety of brands, but of course, most recently, Fiat, the car company. And so they were Fiat Chrysler for a while. They're changing their name completely now as a group, and they're adding, there's a uh, another car company that will join their group. I don't know if it's an acquisition, is it, uh, or just a merging, but it's the French car company, Peugeot. I don't know if you've heard of them, Will. Very popular in Europe. A lot of small cars. It's a merger. Fiat Chrysler Automobiles and Peugeot SA. It will be completed in the first quarter of 2021. And the new name, Stellantis. Oh. How's that make you feel? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it doesn't really roll off the tongue. Right, right. Uh, I mean, I guess there, 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 there's apparently a reason for it. It has something to do with, uh, it has Latin origins. And the names, 
the name pays tribute to the rich history of its founding companies, while the evocation, evocation of astronomy captures the true spirit of optimism, energy, and renewal driving this industry-changing merger. It's a okay. lot of there's a lot of fancy words there. Yeah, now now I'm now kind of you're on board. Yeah. The meaning of it uh, <laughs> makes a big difference. Stellantis. It doesn't really matter because the sub-brands will continue to be marketed right. by their names. Mm -hmm. But it is interesting. It's it's uh, noteworthy nonetheless because uh, a company that's a fairly large-scale company at this point, merging them all together. And it adds to a long list of uh, names that Chrysler has operated underneath from Chrysler Corporation, which hung on from 1925 to 1998. To Daimler Chrysler, that was the Mercedes uh, combo from 98 to 2007. Chrysler LLC, 2007 to 2009. Chrysler Group from 09 to 2014. Fiat Chrysler Automobiles from 14 to 21. And then just straight up Stellantis mm. after that. Does it sound futuristic at least? It does. Maybe yeah, they want to do more. To it. Yeah, maybe they want to do more electric vehicles under that brand. Imagine that. So they let the other ones be independent, but then they also have the Stellantis Cruiser Lightning Bolt <laughs> thing. <laughs> that would be bad. Don't call it that. The Stellantis Model S. <laughs> <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean they would. Uh, yeah. Anyways, new name for them. Sticking with electric vehicles for a moment. I mean, are electric vehicles booming or what? Mm. Every day I got a new brand in my feed. Today it's a company called Lordstown, and they're showing their first interior renderings of Endurance electric truck. Now, here's what's different about this one, Will. This one is envisioned as a budget truck and for work purposes, a real truck. Truck first, style icon second. Like, uh, very utility. Yes, very utility. And if you look at the interior, scroll down a little bit, you'll see it's kind of what you get. It looks like a work truck inside. The center console, I mean, you see some plastic in there, a little bit of trim, but very, you know, nothing glossy. Mm -hmm. Looks like a work truck. Now, I don't know what budget means specifically, but it would make sense to, to target the budget-minded because it's, so, it's becoming so competitive is that at, what it looks as like? As we're well aware. It doesn't look that cool. Actually, if you go down to the bottom of this page, oh. so back out of this, th those were the original renders. But if you go to the bottom of this page and you start clicking there, those are better images. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's the real uh, prototype. It looks a lot like a traditional truck. Yes. Minus the front end. The rims are kind of cool. The rims and like rim and tire package looks pretty cool. System. Yeah. But it, it does kind of, it looks like a crossover between an F-150 and a GMC truck, kind of. Yeah. But it, not so overwhelmingly futuristic that it's a cyber truck. Mm. And this kind of makes sense as well. If you're going to be the budget electric truck, you're probably going to want to appeal to the slightly more conservative buyer that's not necessarily looking to make a huge statement when they show up on a job site. Like this guy. That's the guy. You see, he That's rolls. The guy that would buy it. He rolls up, and now you don't ask any questions. Yeah. So it's called the Endurance. I think it looks pretty cool. Obviously, with anything budget-minded, the price is the key characteristic. Apparently, it's scheduled to begin delivery to customers next summer. So that would be summer of 2021. So it's not. I mean, you, there's a little bit of time left on it, but holy moly, well, 
Mm. You, you're going to get an electric electric truck before it's all said and done. Yeah. Yeah. Here's uh, we got a story from Futurism. Been a minute since we uh, featured a story from that site, but very cool things always happening over there. Google is working on tattoos that turn your body into a touchpad. Uh, I could see you be one of the first to sign up for this. Will? Oh yeah. I, I would love to try it. You've got all this gear in your desk right now. All of a sudden, you're just switching angles and running the show just off the knuckles. You're just... Yeah, yeah. You know. Don't have to do much. So, anyways, these are these super thin tattoo-like things. Uh, it's 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 currently a company that Google is invested in that's doing a lot of the work here. A company called Skin Marks. CNET reports that the idea behind the tattoo project is to make interacting with technology feel more natural. The skin marks can be applied to fingers or parts of the hand that we control with instinctive fine motor skills. So using the sensors through a bend of the finger or a squeeze of the fist could become second nature. So you could just be doing all these gestures and you're just, you're flying and interacting. Maybe with a display or maybe you don't even need to see it. Maybe it's some kind of augmented reality and you're just flying. Will you do it in the future? Yeah. Through a vastly reduced tattoo thickness and increased stretchability, a skin mark is sufficiently thin and flexible to conform to irregular geometry like flexure lines and protruding bones. The Saarland University researchers who were funded by Google to develop the tech wrote in a white paper about the project. So you remember, obviously, Google was making a play at Augmented through Google Glass. They were one of the first to do it. They recently purchased North, the company that did the focals, which was along the same line. So they're not, they haven't given up on some kind of augmented future. However, interacting with your augmented image is still something that we don't, we haven't, hasn't really been ironed out. And you don't really expect people to be carrying a remote or a kind of, that would kill the vibe to a certain extent. So you can imagine if you had these controls sort of on your skin and you could maneuver your augmented display just through hand movements that were second nature to you mm. because it's hard to do everything with voice mm -hmm. especially in a crowded environment if everybody's screaming at screaming and these instructions talking to their assistants so this could be this could have some pretty cool applications eventually yeah i can see it you sent me this story apparently we're doing all right in canada as far as our average cost of charging for electric vehicles, $277 per year. And what are the cheapest places to recharge an electric vehicle over the course of a year? And by most measurements, quite a savings over the gas-powered equivalent. I don't really keep track what I'm what the gas costs are, plus I don't drive that far to work. You, however, have a bit of a commute going on right now. Yeah. So maybe you have a better insight on this, how much uh, gas you're using for your commute. I guess uh, equivalent to maybe 300 bucks. Um would be two two months, two and a half months. Okay, so yeah. you get a whole year. It's that's quite yes. a that's quite a savings. Yeah. So elect electric the the efficiency, the cost efficiency of an electric vehicle to a huge extent has to do with electricity costs where you live. Hmm. And so in places where we there's an abundance of electricity, inexpensive electricity, it makes even more sense to be looking towards an electronic electric vehicle. Uh, by comparison, in Denmark the number is $831 Canadian compared to $277. That's, that's huge. That's a big increase. Mm. You, you're triple, triple the cash, something like that, same vehicle. Mm -hmm. Germany, $705. Belgium, $680. And if you click through on the link, the whole list, there's a here button there. If you click through, or maybe I sent you the link if you just go to the next tab. 
uh, this is a really interesting site here where they didn't just look at the cost of an electric vehicle to run an electric vehicle for the year, but they also looked at your daily power consumption costs, depending on where you live, uh, how much you spend on your daily shower, depending on where you live, the, the, the cost of uh, a cup of coffee or tea, the energy cost of your coffee or tea, depending on where you live, per year, your cost of Netflix, not Netflix, what you pay to Netflix, your oh, electricity use oh, right. yeah. associated with Netflix watching, the cost of running your laptop, and so on. It's really amazing. Now, it's all converted to British pounds by the looks of it, but basically what you discover is if you live in Denmark, everything costs you a lot of money Yes, electricity-wise. And if you live in Canada, you're doing a bit better. And, of course, there's other countries on there. You can go check it out for yourself, see what you're paying where you live. Uh, but, yeah, Canada actually comes in below the United States even for electricity costs. The bottom chart is the one that's pertaining to electric vehicles. And in British pounds, Canada comes in at 162, the U.S. 176. Uh, of course, Denmark at the top, Denmark, Germany, Belgium, Italy, Ireland. Yeah, somebody out there is probably angry they're paying too much for electricity. Mm. And that, of course, goes all the way down to Iran, where apparently the yearly electricity cost is 14 British pounds. I don't understand how that mm. can be that amount. It's way lower than anywhere else. Argentina doesn't even have a cost. Yeah. Maybe it's a small sample size. I'm not really sure. But some yeah. other notable countries in there with uh, cheap prices for electricity, you have uh, India at 103 British pounds and China at 117. So those ones even come in below Canada. However, it's important to note that obviously the cost of, cost of living and uh, average wage and there's various other factors that determine how expensive something is for you, which is why I ask you the gas equivalent yeah. here locally. And of course, people can do the math on that as well. Uh, do you know the fast food place White Castle? Yeah. Have you been there before? Uh, the one in New York, yeah. Yeah, so these are the little tiny slider burgers. Yes. They've actually... Uh, this is a historic chain. They've been around for a really long time, from the 1920s, believe it or not. It's one of the oldest fast food chains. Well, one thing that they don't want to be old about is their uh, procedure, how they're making burgers. And so they're apparently going to be deploying uh, a, a robot burger flipper in the oh. store as well. And they, it's called Flippy. Mm. As you would do if you hand yourself a, a robot burger flipper. You call him Flippy. Yeah, that's the name. Now, Flippy has been flipping burgers for a little bit. They showed him off a while ago. He was at a Dodgers game, and he's been flipping burgers, but he was a bit slow. So yeah. wherever he was had been deployed, they gave up on him. They didn't give him a shot, man. They, well, they gave him the shot, and then he didn't follow through, and then they, and then they got Flippy out of the store. They it was too <laughs> slow. They fired Flippy. Yeah. I'm trying to tell you. However, the company behind Flippy goes by the name of Miso Robotics, they said, okay, you want to get rid of our Flippy? We'll make a faster one. Uh. And so that's what they did. Their new product is called Flippy Roar. <laughs> and that's the one that is going to be deployed inside of uh, select White Castle restaurants to see if it can actually work. And of course, there's extra incentive to get a robot flipping burgers in 2020 because of contamination and, and yes. uh, lockdown and everybody's all concerned. So... The robot's doing the flipping and assembly, then then maybe there's less cause for concern about potential contamination. Right. Have you seen uh, videos of uh, White Castle burgers being made? It's very automated. Automated. They have a like 
system there. And of course, Very, yeah. part of that is because you don't just buy one. You got to get a bag full of these yes. burgers. Yes. How many are you really supposed to have? 20. No, you're not supposed to have 20. What is a serving of White Castle sliders? It's probably like, is it like six? <laughs> that still <laughs> sounds like a lot. Three? Because I bet you if you're in the store, they have a suggested serving here. Oh, we're, Will, Willie Doo's on the hunt right now. Somebody's screaming down in the chat. I don't go often enough. I've been a handful of times, but I don't recall what the personal serving on the board is. Maybe it's three. What would make sense? Something like that. Anyways, last story of the day. This one just popped onto my Twitter feed right as we were we were about to shoot. Uh, Henry Cavill, who is Superman. Is he other superheroes as well? He was uh, in The Witcher. Oh, he's in The, the Witcher. Netflix movie. And or, uh, would that series. be considered a superhero or no? Do he have yeah. superpowers? Okay. Yeah. So... Anyway, he's got, he's obviously, uh, he lifts weights and everything and takes his shirt off and, <laughs> and, and wears the shirt, wears the, uh, what is that type of shirt called? Tank top. Yep. And so he, do, he does that on a frequent basis, as you would if you look like that. Well, you'd just be wearing that if you'd be wearing anything at all. I don't know. Yeah. And so he did something that nobody expected, which is posted on social media a five and a half minute video. Building a PC. He decided yeah. to take on a challenge of building a PC. I don't know if he's about to get into gaming, maybe game streaming. Maybe he heard about the Dr. Disrespect ban and he's looking to fill the void. Superman coming into the into the gaming PC realm. Now, what's cool here is he actually, he kind of, uh, it's a modest, it's a modest process in the sense that he almost admits through the captions and as you watch the video, that he doesn't necessarily, he's not 100% comfortable. He doesn't do it every day. Mm. Like here, he has to realign the CPU. He's like, those gold pins are very sensitive. He's correct about that. Those are sensitive. But anyway, he puts together a Ryzen PC. It actually looks like a pretty decent spec. It's a nice, look at that gaming motherboard that he's got going on. He puts a water cooler on the CPU with a digital gauge on it. I think it's from NZXT. So it just got the internet all in an uproar because it's not every day you get to see Superman building a PC. You're used to having to see guys like Linus. Yes. <laughs> they're, they're judging him right now. I think Linus Linus has to get in touch now with Henry here and they got to do a collab or something. Or maybe they wait till the lockdown stuff is over. Right. Uh, but that would be a fun one. Or he could do a spoof. Linus, this is a suggestion. You put the tank top on and you do a parody build and everybody can swoon over that as opposed to just Superman, which is obviously uh, very expected. However, anyway, shout out to Henry Cavill going out of the comfort zone, out of superhero town and into PC superhero town because uh, it's, a, just, it's, a, it's a departure for him. Yeah. And who knows how people are going to receive it, but it's got 2 million views on Instagram. It's hot on Twitter and he's having a time. And you know me, I'll always vote. For anybody having a time.